everyone. Thank you for joining us again uh, as we continue our series uh, around white supremacy and how it connects to, to different parts of our existence, our world, our society. Uh, and this video, we are gonna take a look back at summer of 2020. Uh, and even just a little bit before then, but it really came to head in summer of 2020. And we are talking about police brutality, uh, anti-blackness uh, at that time uh, when it comes to sort of police. And obviously we'll kind of touch on George Floyd, but you know, we look back a little bit more into March of 2020 and we look at Breonna Taylor uh, and, and talk to that and, and really just see the impact that it had uh, around the time that obviously we're going through COVID and we're still going through COVID, uh, but also just the, the role that the white supremacist systems uh, played in that whole, in those whole terrible incidents and, and, and murders, you know, there's no other way to put it uh, really. Uh, and it's such, uh, I remember when the George Floyd video kind of popped up and I remember there was like warnings, like people were sharing and there was warnings of like, you know, sensitive nature. And I didn't know what to expect because I hadn't really read a lot yeah. of what was going on. I just saw the videos and, and to watch it and to see it and to know like we live in a time in place where you know things are recorded and you saw someone die in front of you right? you just saw it happen and nobody did anything or could do anything like like when I say no one, I'm talking about like people watching it. I'm not like the police people afraid. People are afraid to like they didn't like you didn't know like the police might turn on you. The yes. police, police officers put people in 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 an awkward position anyway. Yes. Um, that was way worse than awkward position, but it was people were afraid. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, but yes, go back to what you were saying. No, I was gonna say like. The bystanders is what I was talking to you. Your point, I was like, because the police officers could have done something. Mm -hmm. uh, and you and I have talked about how the police system, you know, is based on white supremacy, supremacy culture and ideals. Uh, but I'll, before we kind of continue, I'll let you kind of just talk your experience when that sort of happen well i know for me i remember the whole thing with brianna taylor happened like you said in march and i remember seeing seeing it all over social media um but to be honest i think it kind of died down the mm -hmm. like what we were hearing about brianna and then what happened with george in may which kicked off everything that happened in the summer it kind of revived everything that happened with her and, you know, this is a, probably for a different episode, but I think it is very interesting that a Black man dies and this whole thing ensued, but a Black woman died in March and Black women, just like Latino women, Asian women now, are dying the same as Black men or Latino men. 
And to me, there's a big part of the patriarchy that's also involved in white supremacy. Um, but yes, that's something that I'll probably come back to, if not this video in the future. But I think that's very interesting to me. And now from that, we've seen like, you know, like, you know, seeing like Black women matter. Um, all these sort of slogans and things that have come out now because of like people say, you know, people say, say her name, say her name, Breonna Taylor. Um, and I, 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 as a black woman appreciate that. And also the fact that still, even in this world of white supremacy, the patriarchy is still embedded into that where it's like, we focus more on a man who died as opposed to a woman who died. So it's like his life had more value because he's a man. And she's a woman. And so I think that was interesting as well. And I feel like I said, people have talked about it. They've been talking about it and still are. But it just wasn't until we saw this Black man, which again, is horrible to see anybody. I, don't, I personally have never watched the video. I do not want to watch the video. I've seen clips of it. But, you know, I've heard from everyone at this point, you know, the man was calling out for his mother. You know, that's why. And to me... I don't know what is it with police officers who feel the need to be so violent. And of course, like this would take a little bit probably more history and digging about what it means to have a police state and all that enforced. And you know, mm -hmm. the history of the police of black and brown people is not good in general anyway. And I could probably be honestly probably could see some shit from the police officer sometime. But at the same time, why you got to pull out your gun or shoot people and choke somebody out? Like, yeah. there's no call for that because you think somebody might have something. And it's like, you know, police officers like, oh, well, you know, we're trained to, what well, I guess, to whatever. So you train. I mean, obviously, I, you know, I'm assuming that they are trained to kill people because they are police officers. Yeah. But you training, like, somebody pulling out a tumbler out from their jacket, like you, you pulling out some bag of chips, mm -hmm. and it's like I didn't know. I, I thought he had a gun. I I didn't know. Then take the time to find out. Like you, you, the first and thing is, if you if that person does have a gun, why are you shooting to kill? <laughs> you can shoot to injure, baby. Like you can shoot him in the foot, shoot him in the arm. You ain't like, gotta try to kill them to, I mean, you don't have to shoot to kill. Like, this is not some terrorist you trying to run down or somebody that's committed some horrible crime and you had to shoot them. This is somebody walking down the street, again, walking down the street, eating a sandwich. They might be playing some loud music. None of this is a reason to kill somebody. Just say you kill them because you don't like that they're black or they, or they brown. That's what it is. And so for me, it's just, it's this, it's this issue of just really not understanding that. I, I don't like, I'm not an officer of the law. I never will be. I personally have never dated a police officer. I don't plan on it. But I know all of them are not bad people, of course. But like we said, there are bad apples everywhere. We got bad apples with Black folks. We got bad apples with Latino folks. We got bad apples everywhere. But that don't mean we got to go around killing people. And I think mm -hmm. the, the fact that we have our phones nowadays, which is great. And you know, it's nice 
to be able to do what you need to do with your phone if you need to do something. But I mean, the whole thing, you know, and I think with white people, really just, you know, they got all up in Annie last year, honey, last summer. You know, we just have access to things 24 hours a day if you choose to. Mm -hmm. And I just, I don't know if I necessarily would have recorded somebody's death, but at the same time, because that video was made, we now have that as evidence that you saw what happened. And so I go back and forth with that because I feel people always want to take out their phones and shoot stuff. But then again, these are things that have always happened. And I think I remember at the height of everything with, with George Floyd, and I was talking to one of my very woke friends <laughs> and She's also, uh, she's, she's a, a Jewish, Jewish woman, a Jewish white woman. So she understands too, because a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of anti-Semitic things that yeah. of course, has happened over the last year as well. So she, so she gets it from that standpoint, like you don't like me because I'm Jewish. Okay. Um, but her and I were talking and uh, one of her good friends is married to a black man and she is, and she's a white woman. So they are an interracial couple and, you know, in and my friend talking with her friend and her husband, him and I, she was saying that we were like on the same page in a sense where like, this is nothing new. Like not that we don't feel some sort of way about it as mm -hmm. people of color or black people, but people getting shot up for no reason, whether they black, Latino, young, old, right. and woman, it's been, I mean, hell, we have people that have been lynched in my, in my culture, culture, I mean, from the South. So it's not, this ain't nothing new, you know, that the persecution of people of color, it's just now we all got a phone and people can record it anytime something happened. And now white people, I don't know, it's just so interesting, white people, I feel like they trying to get it. They're trying to understand, because I think for them, this was like the end. It was like, what the fuck is happening? Like, why are they killing some. black people? Some, yes, some. That is sure some. Um, the more woke, the, the more woke ones. I almost said walk. I mean walk. The more woke ones. Um, but yeah, they're just. I think for them, what happened last summer? Because I mean, they out there protesting. Yeah. I think white people just really felt like. I feel like for them, it was like the first time something really happened that they wanted to stand up and be a part of. Yeah. Again, I think it comes back to that privilege, which is the white supremacy in that they could choose how they want to represent themselves in that. Like mm -hmm. they can choose that, okay, I'm going to choose this moment in time to stand up for human rights. It's not the only time and it's unfortunately not going to be the last time that yep. something like this is going to happen. Obviously, what we're seeing with the Asian American community. Um, and I think it's just, it, it's it's all very fucked up and fascinating. And I have a lot of emotions about it. But I'll turn it back over to you. Yeah, no, you made me kind of think uh, back into sort of history. Because mm -hmm. uh, you know me, I always I always look for that connection yeah. that connection where and I mean just thinking about obviously the foundation of this country right mm -hmm. like you know land was stolen you know indigenous people were killed um 
not by the few, but by the hundreds, thousands, and, and yeah, yeah, and and I feel like that's where it starts. That's where it started in this country, where you know this idea that if you are less than, if we deem, if white people deem you less than, we have a right to just kill you and take what we think we deserve um and that was you know and that's where it started and then you know we, we talked in some of the previous videos we talked about slavery but when you think about sort of uh when I start thinking and I read I've read very little bit of just sort of where policing kind of started in this country and, and it really kind of stem into making sure that slaves don't uh, escape, you know, that didn't escape and brought them back. And then obviously when uh, abolishing slaves, uh, slavery in this country, but still saying like, well, you know, you can still be a slave if, you know, you go to jail, right? And and that's, I feel like that's, you know, if you've seen the documentary 13 um, around that, and that's sort of where it kind of always stems. And you look at that, if that was the beginning, then the color of your skin was always going to determine if you if you were a threat or not. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think bring up a good point, like not to cut you off, but I know that that that, that documentary thirteen talks about prison being the new form of slavery. Yeah, for yeah, you know, and and it it will always be, and if, you know, I think of you know when you were talking about uh, the the patriarchal kind of notion mm -hmm. of you know we we, we it kind of came to head with George Floyd but Breonna Taylor happened earlier in the year mm -hmm. uh but we didn't really have that uproar I would say uh and it made me think of a lot that I've seen more recently and I know it's been happening far longer than just recently Native women Indigenous women yeah. um and and really that is not you don't hear anything about that in no. social media, in the inter news, anything. Like it's just, and it's and it goes back to me. It goes back to that white supremacist thing of like, we can control the narrative, right? Because if you look at you know, even if you look at media, whether it's social, whether it's you know, TV news and things like, the narrative is always controlled and who are those in power that are controlling what we consume are white men, uh, you know, primarily. And I think, and you just kind of made me think about all these different things and just sort of like remembering like, you know, the, the threat because, you know, you and I have talked about like, you know, even black and brown men and, you know, and others that go into the police force can actually perpetuate these notions because they are trained in this environment that has always deemed darker skin the threat. Yes. Like no matter what, like it's just, if they're not white, you gotta treat them a certain way. And you, and you have to expect the worst. So you never go into a situation with a white man thinking that you're, they're gonna kill you, they're gonna shoot you, they're gonna like, because that's not what you've been conditioned to think. But you will always go in to a situation with the person of color 
whether they're Arab, whether they're Latino, whether they're uh, Black or, or whatnot, you know, you're always going to see them as the ones that are going to hurt you. They're, they're the ones, they're the threat. They're the ones that you have to treat, you know, a certain way. You have to be more aggressive because in every instance you see, there's always this aggressiveness from the police force towards men, men, women of color. Like that's just this aggressive. And it's the first thing that you always hear. It is. And I wonder, like going back to the, to the root cause, is it because your skin's darker what are you so afraid of? Are you afraid that people of color are going to treat you how you treated them if they become the majority? Um, like, I guess, and you know, like I think a lot of it is fear and fear can turn into hate, but yeah. I'm just always so like, what do you fear so much? Do you fear because, you know, you've heard things about, you know, white, you know, white men afraid of, you know, we got to protect the white woman. She might be this, she might, you know, we, she might, be raped by the black man or all this type of stuff. Right. Sometimes, honey, she actually wants the black man. So, mm -hmm. I, I mean, I, I just think like, what are you, what are like these people who hold these ideas, these so horrible ideas, what are you holding on to? You, I think it, to me, it just feels like they're afraid that minorities are going to treat them how they've treated, like how, like how they've treated them mm -hmm. if they were to get a chance, which is actually really sad. You think somebody would treat you fucked up because you've treated somebody fucked up. I mean, you know, I'm a person that's very bent on, on like pettiness, so I don't know. But I, I do, I'm like, what are they, like, what do you, like, why do you feel the need? It's like, I yeah. mean, you mentioned about having the runaway slave and they're like, I got to bring back the slave. Now in that instance, that's because that slave was a commodity. That was a price on that on those on that person's head. So you yeah. have some slaves running away. The white man is out here losing money, and he didn't like that. So he wants you to bring your ass back here. Now I'm not saying I, I, that's right, but okay, that was the reason. But why? I guess it's this ownership of other people. Like you want to own people. I, I think again, that's to me is so fascinating. You want to own somebody. I don't want to own any fucking body. I'm not even sure I want to have kids. <laughs> Why are we like owning people? I don't even know if it's owning more than dominating over, like having this power over. And I think I, it goes back to me. It goes back to power, yeah. right? Having power over people, having the ability to sort of say, this is, this is the power structure. And I think we, the power structure in this country has been white men on top mm -hmm. then you have white women and then you have everybody else like there's there's like there's no that's it like that's it like mm -hmm. you know it's just there you go and then you know and i think that continues to perpetuate within our police systems within you know these academies police forces like there's this sort of you know caste if you want to say or this hierarchy around where it, you know and you see it you even see it like police presence in certain neighborhoods versus other neighborhoods um and what that looks like and, and you see it like how many times I hear police sirens around my neighborhood uh after nine o'clock in the evening and you know 10 and all this like you just hear it more often if I happen to be staying somewhere else in this city or outside of the city uh, I'm not going to hear police officers. I'm not going to hear those sirens. 
Um, I'm not going to see police stations every few other, like, neighborhoods. Like, like, just in maybe, like, a two-mile radius or, like, two different police stations. And I'm like, do we really need that many police officers? Or do we need much more social services within our communities? You know, and it, I mean, we touched... Yes, obviously social services. You know, you touch on... This makes us kind of touch on, you know, defunding the police. And that came to head even in just the divisiveness that even just those two words, defund, or three words, defunding the police mm-hmm. had with people was like insane because the rhetoric from predominantly white people was like, well, who's going to protect us? Who's going to... Readiness is like... You got to figure it out. Our people ain't been protected either. <laughs> so, it was like, where in your mind does defunding the police say, take away the police? Like, exactly. And that's I'm a lot like, of people. I was like, yeah. because if we think about more recently in Chicago and the news, that I, I don't know how many millions of dollars from COVID relief funds that we got from, I think, the federal government mm-hmm. went to our police force here in Chicago when it was meant to meant to relieve like supposed to provide relief and I'm just like relief for white people I'm like how how does COVID-19 relief equate funding police or I'm like I I didn't read into it because I was like I'm gonna get mad if I read into it the mayor made their her decisions and the local government did their decisions on that but it's like this idea that we need to funnel these millions of dollars to the police when we know and there's studies and there's all these that show like if you funnel that same amount of money to mental health services, access mm-hmm. to health care, uh, improving access to jobs, education, like crimes will decrease because people will have access to the things that they need the to survive. Need. That's exactly it. On their- not even to survive, but to thrive. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it gets, but it's like. But why people don't want you to thrive, though? They like, exactly, you took the word. You got enough to live, maybe, but we don't want you to do more than that. What, to be better than us, to have, whether it's having the exact same access or having better access. I see, I mean, we, we, I mean, you and I have talked about how even individual people of color who make it in this quote-unquote world and make it to whatever white society has decided making it means you'll always be seen as less than yeah like it doesn't matter you could be you know the beyonce's of the world you know you'll still be seen as like someone's gonna check you really quick Mm -hmm. the minute they see that you've stepped stepped out out of of your your mm-hmm. lane that you're supposed to stay in this box like you're in this box we are allowing you to be well, here and, exactly. I, and, it goes, you know, and we and it correlates back to just the policing like it just because you fit this box you're in this box that the police system has sort of created and decided you know people of color are in you'll always be seen a certain way and we're going to respond as, no matter what the police officer's skin color is. Mm-hmm. I honestly believe that 
you know, black and brown police officers go into the force thinking that they can change the system, or they're going to be different. But that's just, I don't like, I don't know. And I, and I would love to talk to a police officer, you know, that, you know, as a person of color, because I'm like, and willing to talk and willing, because I'm like, I want to know, like, what it is to, like, be trained in, in that system, what it is to go through it and, and everything. And, you know, I mind you, I know police officers also don't have access to a lot of resources that they need mm-hmm. for mental health purposes, because they definitely, there's a lot of, things that need to improve in that system as well and that's what they need but it's I think with some of these white supremacies with some of the uh police officers of color often think do they once they've gone through the training and they have that you can start to get that lived experience do they start internalizing things and maybe begin to hate themselves or dislike themselves and so because like all these police officers that have been involved in these shootings have not all been white. Some of them have been black. Some of them have been like, like been darker skin. I don't know if they are black. There was one that was Asian. Yeah, there. It's not necessarily white people. Like, you don't have. I think we we've talked about made it. It might seem like you got to be white to be a part of white supremacy, but we all a part of it, and because it's a part of the United States. It's what yeah. this country is built on. It's white supremacy. So it's in everything that we do. And so yeah. even if you're not white, I mean, hell, just because you may, you know, the process you might have gone through to, to get admitted to college, that might be a part of white supremacy. And because that's just a part of the systems. And that's how white people have these systems set up. So because of that, they won't let, like you said, they keep, keep us in a box. They won't let us make rules and procedures and processes they want to do it. So we have to stay in this box and work in the industries that they want us in and do it how they want us to do it. When we try to go outside that box, they kill. They're like, what are you doing? Like, we got to kill you now. And so I think, yeah, I think a lot of people like this, this idea of like all police officers being black or I mean, all of them being white, they're not. It's, it, it is a mixed bag. And so I, I do wonder if the police officers of color, do they start to believe some of these different things themselves? And yeah. be like, they, like I said, they internalize it and begin to hate themselves or be, or start to hate their own people. Or um, have this, because you and I talk about how we have internalized white supremacist mm-hmm. thoughts and ideals and things like when you go into the police system, do those things just naturally come out and you just start because it's so internalized we're so conditioned mm-hmm. to think a certain way that we're in this system it just kind of triggers everything that we've been taught to fear or right? like everything you know like and it's just sort of like not so much that you start believing it you think not so much that you didn't have it before but you had it and now you're in a system that's going to amplify amplify it and it's going to take what you've sort of been conditioned and internalized and sort of make you be like, oh, you know, even as to your point, like they start believing and start thinking the same things that others think about their own communities. Like our fuck up because the white supremacy is set up to benefit white people. Yep. When black people or brown people, Asian people start acting or whatever this acting black or operating in these systems, and it's like if you're operating in these systems and it negatively affects you, you don't give a shit. But if you start operating in these systems and you're now the VP of this company, we don't like that. Mm -hmm. 
because white supremacy is set up to where you shouldn't be able to get here. Um, now, something negative, yes, but because white supremacy is set up to only serve white people, when people who practice, I say, yes, I did say practice, people who actively practice white supremacy see that people who are not white are being successful using these white supremacy tactics or whatever we want to call them, it's like, uh, wait a minute, what are we doing? Like, you're supposed to stay in your box. You know, allow maybe one or two, you know, to kind of, but when it starts coming up where there's just way too many people that are stepping out of this box, out of this sort of thing that we expect mm -hmm. you to do, and to your point, like, when you think outside of, like policing and just sort of the, the, the world and sort of society, especially in the US, like you start becoming the VPs, you start getting into these senior leadership positions, you start making decisions on policies that need to be mm -hmm. changed. Or you the Beyonce, like, you know, you are Beyonce, you are Rihanna, you are influencing things. You know, and it's like, oh no, we gotta find a way to knock, knock, gotta knock you down. Or, or the minute you make the tinsiest mistake or the tinsiest, you know, bad decision, they, I told you, mm -hmm. they, they were, they won't cut out for it. They not cut out for it. Yeah, like they, it. They, they, and it just doesn't affect you at that point. It affects every person that looks like you or is adjacent to looking like you because <laughs> it could be a black woman. And if it's a black woman, like everybody, Asians, Latinos, like they can't, they look at this, they we gave one of them a shot. Exactly. We gave you a shot. We allowed you to be out of the box. Now, see, now you're showing out. You doing because of that. You gotta go back in the box. You gotta mm -hmm. go back in the box. And it, I mean, I know we're we're deviating a little bit from the initial conversation, but I think it's one that hopefully we're able to explore a little bit more of like what does happen when you reach some of those positions. And because it's so rare, you protect that and you don't bring up others mm -hmm. with you. Like, I think that's something, because that's definitely an internalized white supremacist sort of reaction, I would say, because it's like- well, It's an internal, I think it's internalized white, like, I feel white people help each other. White people bring, bring others along with them. I, I think black and brown people and others groups, we don't always bring people on to your point because if we get knocked down, we like, well, shit, like, you know, be like, let me get in the door. You know, I'm not, you know, let me get in the door. I ain't even in here yet. And then when you start to get, get up there and it does become this mentality like, well, I, you know, you may start thinking, well, I don't want anybody that look like me to come behind me because they got me. What if they get this other person that look like me or look adjacent to me? They should figure out how to do it on their own, just like I did. Just like I did. I did it on my own. Like I don't, and I I noticed that. Like with a lot like, of people, that's of such color. a white supremacist thing to think. It is Pick yourself up by your bootstraps. Nobody should help you. But when you think about those that are the multimillionaires, the billionaires, they've had people. Helping them get them. They had mentors. They had that type of assistance. I mm -hmm. mean, people, I mean, Trump said like he started his own business at this age, but he got a million dollars from his father or how, however much money. Mm -hmm. Most, most people of color, I'm just going to say it, we ain't got a million dollars lying around. 
I mean, unless you are these uber wealthy celebrities who got that kind of money. But to be honest, like you're saying, we don't have too many people of color, Fortune 500 leadership up in here. We got a few of them on that chart, but not that and many. those that are willing to mentor you and, and give that, like it's, I think I'm more hard pressed to find a woman of color willing to give of their time with nothing in return and just sort of helping there's always that like how can we help each other like you know there isn't that sort of mentorship mentality or mm -hmm. like I just need help like I just need someone to sort of like talk me through this or walk me through this and I would prefer if it was a woman of color who can speak to some of the same experiences that I might be going through or I might go through if I continue going down this route but I find white women are much more open to that sort of mentorship than maybe women of color. I'm not saying that all women of color are willing to help. Like, that's not what I'm saying. But in my sphere, it's, it's harder because they're, they're still fighting. They're still fighting to like keep their place and do their thing. And they might not have the energy to put it into somebody else who's going through the, who's just starting to go through the same struggles and doesn't want to, I mean, I wouldn't, I I don't blame if you don't if you don't want to relive what you've already gone through and try to help somebody get through that hump as well. Well, and I think a lot again now that white people and those uh, followers of white supremacy um, that works for them because they like well they keep that white supremacy idea. We only mm -hmm. gonna have one one Mexican girl. We don't need her bringing her friends. Mm -mm. Kind of mentor, little you know. Little Stephanie out here, uh-uh, we don't need that. We got you. That's all we need. Okay. All we need. That's all we're we gonna, need. We're going to run you to the ground until you can't give no more. Exactly. And then we'll find somebody else. Yeah, we'll find we somebody else. You to bring that person. We yeah. will pick that. We will decide. Who fits how we, our box. Who fits in the box and who's not going to try to do too much outside the box. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, lo I love how this deviated, but I think it also relates. <laughs> I mean, it goes, I mean, it goes back because that box exists. It exists. It's, and it, it, it continues to be there. And, and you saw the, after George, George Floyd, you saw so many other, you know, murders and incidents and, and things of like, people who were just doing ordinary things that were running. Yep. You got killed because you were running through a neighborhood. You happened to stop by this house that was like abandoned and you're like, you're a suspect. Cause I'm like, it's just, but because this box has been put in place and you, you fit a certain, you fit a certain, certain, certain look, yep. certain look a certain, and they're like, you know what? They're, they're in I'm our danger box. Right. Mm -hmm. They're in our danger box. Like, we yeah. need to do something. And those men took it upon themselves to exact justice. Yeah, and, it, and it's like, but they were operating in this white supremacist culture mm -hmm. that continues to be protected. And they were able to kill another Black man. And, and, and it's just like, how how many times are we still placed in these boxes that we can't even get freed from? Like there's, there's no, because this white supremacist culture just continues to be per perpetuated.
mm-hmm. and even to, even this day, our present leaders can't completely one hundred percent come out and say they can't. We, we need to dismantle white supremacy in all levels of our government and all levels of our society and we need to do it now they can't they won't they won't they can't they won't they won't you got that right you won't because i I mean personally i I know i said personally but this is everybody gonna hear it who watches this but i was like we all all people of color are still in this box all of us Mm -hmm. to a certain extent now i think there may be some some of us we get out of it every now and then but then we often get placed back into it. And this yeah. is for like the Academy Award winning black actor all the way down to the garbage man. Like we all, I think we all rotate at some point. We all rotate probably somewhat in and out of this box. And, but we're always, because we have these white supremacies systems, all of us are always gonna be in this box. And that's just the way it is. That's, and to me, that's how I say it. Because if we don't, if our leaders can't even step up and call this out, the leaders who have the position to make changes, fucking policies and regulations are written down. Laws are written down, baby. Yeah. We can change the motherfuckers. They don't have to stay the same. Yeah. It's like, you you know, we like people saying we need to update the Constitution to build the rights. I think some of it we do. Some of the yeah. shit, people talking about the right to bear arms. I'm like, bitch, this is when we were breaking from Great Britain. What is this, yeah. the 17th, 18th century? And you want to have talk about how these laws are applicable now? Yep. Like, who the fuck are you buying AK-47s for? Ain't nobody mm-hmm. coming for you on your porch? And, and how can you call yourself a modern democracy if your constitution isn't changing with the times? If your policy, your regular, like all these things like, how? Because we're still operating in the 1700s, like men- mentality, like you know, when this was written, like no, the world has changed. Like yeah. we are no longer the United States of 1776, and all. Like we're no longer like it's 2021, y'all. Like yeah, we need to update we, some shit. We need to update, make some changes. Not just to the, but every level of just corporations and, and, you know, nonprofit organizations, like all these things that have like leadership, like it boggles my mind that I have not heard more people just say white supremacy needs to be dismantled. Mm-hmm. Like just m- more in every sector, in every sector, like, like, and like I said, I think I said earlier, like you hear racism because it's, racism is like oh it's yes it's an issue it's this but i'm like that's great but if you don't get rid or dismantle the cause of it then there's you can talk about racism all day and night but you're not getting rid of the actual problem like you know it's the same thing if i'm sick and i'm not addressing what's making me sick i will continue to be sick yeah, and the, and these are all of the symptoms. You're just treating the symptoms. Yeah. You're not treating not treating the root cause. You're saying yeah. all you trying to you trying to write this quick bill for that or give out like fourteen. Don't get me wrong. I ain't mad about fourteen hundred dollars. I think people there are people out there who definitely need that money. But don't act like you breaking some big boundary by giving people fourteen fucking hundred dollars yeah. or a little six hundred dollars here. 
when they have countries across the world that have given their citizens more than that. A monthly stipend. Right. So don't stipend. think you breaking some mold with that. Mm -mm. You know, because you're not, you you not you're not doing anything. The fact that you have the power to make big decisions and you don't, you waste these decisions on stupid shit between the House and the Senate, going back and forth about oh well, this is gonna be a trillion dollars. Well, so what? Most of these big banks out here have us in debt more than that. And so you will allow a bank to be in debt and bail them out, but you won't bail out a person. People. The people, the people that are actually keeping your country running. Going, literally, like everybody from from the top to the bottom, bottom like, to top, everybody. It's like, every, I'm like, it's it's so my and again, like to circle back to our yeah. topic, yeah. yes, you know, <laughs> policing and anti. Like, it's all the. I guess the point that we're both trying to just put across it's it's all connected like you know everything that we talked about in this video is just when you think about it and you look at it through if you're thinking about health and the root cause of what's making people sick and what's causing issues and continues every day and it just changes if the, the pain just goes somewhere else because you're not treating the root cause and that's white supremacy like that's I think it will always hurt in different in different sectors, in different times, in different places, because we're not treating, we're not actually working or trying to get rid of the actual cause of it and dismantling it. It'll just go to the next thing, whatever it is, whether it's policing, whether it's violence against women, you know, women of color. And it's like all these things and you know we'll dig in more in other videos but you know final thoughts martina as we kind of close out this this conversation uh, yeah i just I, I think one thing i will say i just watched the academy award nominated movie uh judas and the black messiah which is actually really good but it's a very hard film to watch as a lot of you know a lot of the movies are around black and black and brown rights um, but the one thing I, I'll try to end on a positive note, the one thing I really loved about that movie, and it takes place in Chicago, and so it shows a lot of the Chicago history in the late 60s, early 70s, and mm -hmm. the thing that came out of that was the Rainbow Coalition, where you had, you had these uh, prominent gangs in Chicago that whether they were these poor Southern white kids uh, who basically, I don't know if they're all Southern, but these poor kind of white Appalachian white people who have formed their own club came together. Actually, as I have my little tablet here, I'll give you the names of them because I feel like it's worth mentioning. So you had the Young Patriots, which they were the kind of lower class whites. Okay. You, had, you had the Young Lords who were the Latino uh, organization. And then you had the Black Panther and a lot of what Fred Hampton was trying to do was unite all these different colors of people. So that way, I think you and I have said this, if we can get all of like the, all of us that's been mistreated and don't have to be black, just like here, they had the young patriots, well, some white kids. Yeah. It, not, if we can get all of us can come together, we can just do so much. 
we can yep. get so much change. And that's why I, that's such a great moment to me. Well, I actually almost cried in this movie because it was just like the way Fred Hampton was really trying to unite all these people that have been oppressed <laughs> and vulnerable and bringing people together. Um, and I wish we had more of that. I think we see it a little bit here and there, but I just really wish people, because everybody is for self. They only think about themselves. Yeah. People who look obviously is what we just what we're talking about. That who who look like them, who can identify with them. But you can't. You're not going to get anywhere. You're not going to have equity. You're not going to have equality if you only focus in on you and people who look like you. And you know, of course, fast forward to like the Asian Americans, like every you know everybody trying to step up and help because you know again we get we get all these groups of us together from the you know muslims and the you know the the asians the black latinos the poor whites or who everybody come together boy what that would be that would be something and that's something that a personally i don't think white supremacy is not they ain't ready for that i think a lot of people are not ready for that which is why we can't even get leaders to say white supremacy but yeah. i do think it would just be spectacular to have everybody come together um, and do something to, to affect change. How you're always talking about, we don't demand much from my government. We had all, if we had all of us together, we could get some shit done. We all could get some shit done. And that's my final thought. Yes. With that note, if you all resonated with anything or have thoughts about anything we talked about, particularly when it comes to sort of that coalition building, I know, uh, you hear that phrase a lot, uh, but it just hasn't happened. And how do we get there and how do we do it? And, you know, we can definitely dig into the role that white supremacy has in that, uh, in sort of stopping that and not allowing that to happen. Uh, but we thank you for joining us, for listening, uh, for commenting. Uh, and, you know, we, we continue to to look forward to the next video and and what those topics will be and like Martina mentioned you know the Asian American is definitely one that we are are gonna dig into thinking about white supremacy and and medicine and the medical field mm -hmm. um you know white supremacy and coalition building uh the impact it has on that there's just so many things that white we, supremacy we, and Christianity <laughs> yeah <laughs> and what we're you know, definitely digging into a lot of these things. But if you have any recommendations, any thoughts that you want to hear, uh, please drop in the comments. And, uh, and yeah, we'll see you next time. Take care, everybody.